All right, guys, welcome to Do Good Podcast. I'm Rob Watson, and in today's episode, I'm joined by filmmaker and musician Ben Stewart. His mind-expanding films have reached literally millions of people around the globe, helping them on their awakening journey. He also has a popular show on Gaia called Limitless, and has recently started producing his weekly Waking Infinity news programs on YouTube, which I'd highly recommend uh, you checking out as he uh, as he delves way beneath the surface of what's really going on in the world. And I just want to say thank you, Ben, um, for for how much you've helped me, to be honest. Um, I came across your work in about 2011, 2012. I was uh, esoteric agenda, particularly had a huge impact on me. And also the documentary on Grip, which followed the life of Rob as he completely unpicked his life and just got back to his roots and almost imp- completely re-empowered himself to be like to be that totally sovereign being so i just want to say straight off thanks ben for uh, agreeing to chat with me and for the work that you're doing thank you very much for having me man i'm honored and um i always appreciate hearing people that really uh, they were moved by my films and i have to say that uh sometimes i feel like i can't even take 100 percent credit for my films i feel like they come through me because they change me just as much as I hear they change other people. So, um, and so on the films, then, um, what I'm interested to know, like, obviously, you've obviously done a huge amount of research for them, but as you said, you get out the way and allow it to come through. Have, have you have you been like, did, are you a traditional filmmaker, or is this something that you were just self-taught and you just use the skills that are available? Like, for instance, me doing this podcast. As long as I've got an internet connection and a half decent microphone then I can kind of, you know, do this and just make it up as I go along. But I'd like to know your own kind of background into kind of making the films. Yeah, none of it was planned, to be perfectly honest. Uh, all of it kind of um, unfolded. Uh, when I I was a musician for the most part, that's all I really wanted to do. And I went into the military for a little while. And what seemed to happen was I just started learning more about what, what was going on in the world. Um, but when I was in the military, I wasn't allowed to really speak out very specifically because you represent the military, um, even if you're not in uniform. And then uh, I got out of the military and my, my brother was learning a lot about film and animation and things like that. He gave me a crash course on making film. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to make a film about what it is all the lyrics in my band are about, like what it is that I, you know, why I why I put forth the messages that I do. And I intended to make a 15 minute documentary about my band and it turned into Esoteric Agenda, which is two hours that has nothing to do with my band. It was a deep dive, everything that I see going on in the world. And um, yet becoming a filmmaker was, uh, I tripped and fell into it. And then it turned into just my life. It turned into the thing that I'm now doing to support my family. And um, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, really, I would say that um, the best things that I've done in my life was saying yes to brand new opportunities and brand new avenues that opened up and not staying in my comfort zone. I'm interested. I mean, you speak about some, you know, you, you delve deep into what's going on around the world. And I, I, I kind of honor your bravery as well for, for doing that research and you being so open and sharing it and going, yeah, this is what I'm seeing. There's some pretty dark stuff out there. There's some real solutions to it all. But I think a lot of us, and I think what comes to mind is that when I was doing some, like thinking about this podcast, and I think about a, a, a great quote from Noam Chomsky, and it basically says, um, you know, people not only don't know what's happening to them, they don't even know that they don't know. And I think it's really important at this time. And potentially what's going on this year, you know, there's, it's a great contrast. And so what's going with COVID and, you know, what's going on with just the other election that's packed on, you know, we'll, we'll touch on that. Um, but I think more people than ever are probably going to be way more interested in what you're doing. But I just like to touch on that. You, you being brave enough to find in your voice and going, you know what, this is how I see it. Because sometimes I will have thoughts about stuff and I, there'll be apprehension for me thinking, I want to share that. But it seems like you just go straight past that and go, right, you know what? This stuff is more important than me. I need to share this. Mm, yeah, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. Um, you know, I can't say I don't experience, um, I wouldn't say fear. I don't ever even experience fear. What it is, is I, I, I sometimes have to sit in meditation and really think like, what I'm about to say, what I'm about to put in the film, what I'm about to put in this waking and news thing that I got going now. Um, 
Am I putting my family at risk? Um, am I doing something that could um, disservice my family? And also even the audience, am I, am I being, um, is my conviction convincing other people of what I'm seeing? So I try and do a lot more of asking questions. In my in the first few films, I'm like, this is what's happening. This is why. And I'm very matter of fact. And I think people like that kind of brave heart. I'm on I'm unwavering. Like I see it, I'm marching forward and I'm on this holy conquest. And for me, I think that the the best tool that I have at my disposal is showing humility by asking questions rather than making firm statements. And so I'm, I think that gives me a little bit more freedom to say, you know, I saw this Wikipedia thing talking about the transition initiative project that's pretty much mapping out exactly what's going on in uh, 2020 elections. I see this simulation called Event 201 that's mapping out exactly what happened 2020 for the coronavirus pandemic. I see people now in government talking about the dark winter and you go and you uh, type dark winter into Wikipedia and even Wikipedia will say this is a 2001 simulation about a smallpox epidemic and everything that they said would happen to government, the public breakdown between federal and state, people distrusting the media, false information, people distrusting government, people begging for vaccines while the other part of the population are um, pushing back against the word mandatory. Like all of this is, you know, I could make strong statements and say this is a part of the Illuminati's agenda. Um, but really what I do is like, you know, I could be wrong about all these things. I could be putting it together in a way that's painting a picture that's slightly false and that slight falseness could be scaring people. So now I, I, I think my bravery comes through. Um, here's what I see. This is exactly what I think is going on in the world. And I'm open to the fact that I could be wrong. I, I invite you, the audience, to be as open and skeptical. And I always put it this way, and I'll leave it at this. Like there's this line you draw down the center. And this is like where a guru is, like always in their center. And I feel that like hovering around that line is the golden ratio. And you, you move into skepticism, and then you, you can also move into open-mindedness. And some can really hold both vibrations at the same time. But if you go too far into skepticism, then you become cynical. And cynicism is where you don't believe anything, regardless of the evidence. You have your beliefs, and no evidence can dissuade you from the things that you absolutely believe. That's dogma. And then you have oh, too much open-mindedness can go to gullibility. You believe anything that has like a, a slightly good spin to it. If somebody is has a slick tongue, you'll just believe it because they're convinced, so you're convinced. And I think if we hug that center line, and we're, we're allowed to get skeptical, and we're allowed to get you know, open-minded, um, and, and it's okay to be wrong sometimes. But I think the bravery comes from the fact that you don't have to be perfect. You just need to be bravely and authentically you and, and gentle with others who aren't at the same spot. That's really inspiring to hear. And it remind, when you're talking about it, it reminds me of Duncan Trussell. I heard of something, him recently, and he, he was basically sharing what his thoughts were and his belief. But he said, listen, you know what? If I'm wrong, I'll completely say I'm, I got it wrong and I'm sorry, you know? But at the moment, this is my viewpoint. Because and I'm sure your viewpoint has changed a lot since Esoteric Agenda, since your other documentaries. And there might be things in there where, you know, you might have been some of the conspiracies like I, I went down them paths quite deep um myself and and like you say you can end up warping your view of the world and now I use that I thought that was a tool for me to awaken to my true self and, and I didn't want to stay in that conspiracy mindset for too long because like you mentioned I think whether we said it in this one or before it was you chatting again like David Icke I follow David Icke but I think if I watch too much of his stuff you know I, I have to think about myself and my sense. And you touched about meditation. I think it's really important to have your own practices to be get yourself centered, look out for your health and well-being. Because otherwise you can probably spend weeks, if not months, just on your computer going down all those rabbit holes. And I found that some of them you can potentially get lost in them. And you've got to be careful. The way you start to understand about the way 
the world works and quantum mechanics and stuff, we can end up creating that version of reality for us by going down too far. So for me, it's kind of like going down a bit, taking what I need and then coming back up for some air. It's almost like the way a whale goes as a deep dive in the sea and it'll go down and then it'll come up for air. And I think um, it's important that we, we get those moments of air and air might be time in nature, family time, friends, just a good book, you know, whatever it is just to get that balance. And I think that's a really important thing that you said. That's the thing. It's about, I think it's the, is it the Tao where they talk about, it's just trying to find that center point. And in that center point, mm-hmm. that's where it's almost like you're, you're kind of indestructible in that center point. So it, it's nice to hear your way in it. And I think that'll inspire, that inspires me. And also I think people listening to this to feel a bit more brave and just being like, well, you know what? This is the way I'm seeing it. And, and the way, say, the mainstream media uh, projects something, you, I think it's important that we call it out and go, hang on, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And like when you're saying about what's happening now has been spoken about and pl- potentially planned for, for a long time, you can begin to like connect the dots. And I think more people than ever are connecting the dots. And, and that's why what you're doing and the information that you share is so important at this time. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting time for sure. So talking about now and what's going on, are you um, like this year, you know, for instance, the election will be a good one. Like we're talking about this in the middle of November. So this will probably go out maybe early December time when people are listening to it. There seems to be such division right now in your country. What What's your take on it? Very good point. Very good. As funny as like I, I got the Tao Te Ching right here, and um, I always uh, this is one of the first things that I started getting into that got me into um, any and all things esoteric. I think the um, I think the thing about the twenty twenty elections that is beautiful, uh, and the thing that I like about the Tao is that you know when when people are horrified by what's going on in the world. That's my moment to be like, you know what, what's beautiful about it? What is good about all this awesome horror? And I think what it is, is people, when people are shaken out of their comfort zone, we start asking questions. And when you ask a question, the beginning of that word is quest. It sends us on a journey to seek knowledge. And What's happening in the world today with the 2020 elections, um, so many people hate Trump. It's just that you can sense it. They say it. They're, they're not, you know, quiet about it. They hate this man that 99.9% of them have never met in their life. And, and then you see the other side. The other side is like, you know, Joe Biden can't string a sentence together, Kamala Harris, I don't like the look of her, blah, blah, blah. And there's all this division when what I see is left-right politics. Come on, we've known about this for a while. Like it's my candidate versus yours. It's like a football game. It's like my team wins. And the only way my team can win is if yours loses. It's win-lose politics. It's, it's a faulty tool. You know, but it's a tool that we keep using and not many of us are demanding a new tool because all we're, all we know about is that wheel of like, yay, we won. Oh man, we lost. Yay, we won. Oh man, we lost. That's all we seem to know because it represents and it reflects our life. We, we move towards pleasure and we're like, yay. And then we get a little bit of pain and then we're like, no. And we don't see that this is a little coaster of life. And so we never really heed the call of the Tao and find the beauty in the pain and then also acknowledge the fleeing aspect of the pleasure. And we don't hold on to either. So what's happening with the division in the country is that we are, in a sense, asking for it. We we're comfortable with it. We know what it's like to feel divided. We know what it's like to yell about my opinion while other people have theirs. We watch, you know, our news over here and the, the anchors give us all the info we need to argue against the arguments over here, which are completely polar opposite. So the way that I see it and what's beautiful out of all this is that people are asking questions. A lot of people are talking about voter fraud and I get into it in my latest uh, Wake Infinity news on YouTube. 
Um, but voter fraud isn't even the half of it. Really, it's sleight of hand. There's a lot going on on the media. It keeps everybody distracted. And meanwhile, while everyone is like, I don't want Trump and I, I really want Biden, or I don't want Biden and I really want Trump. And while everybody's hypnotized up here, there's stuff being pushed under the table right here. And that is what's happening with technology, what's happening with global agencies like the World Economic Forum. Um, there's the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. There are other types of factions that are pushing forward on this thing that out in the are saying it. The Great Reset Initiative, um, the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And the, again, there's talk about this thing called the Dark Winter that we're heading to because of the COVID-19 thing. And I think the beauty of all of this is the fact that it all looks so weird to people. And we've had such a weird year. We've had such an economic hit that there's a lot of people that would never even entertain conspiracy theories or that there's an agenda and we're made to look over here while something is happening over here. And that all the media, they talk about what you need to get hypnotized by. And none of the media, only the conspiracy theorists, and only the independent people are talking about like, do you guys see this other thing that's being pushed through? So because we've had such unrest this year, people started to ask questions and they don't feel satisfied. It's like they're still hungry. They, they keep consuming media and the mainstream media and they're not feeling satisfied. So they're starting to seek outside of the village and they're starting to notice like, oh, the more I travel, and when I mean travel, I mean go to other sources of media, the more we travel outside our village, the more we meet people from different cultures who are saying, really, that's how you see it? Because I see it like this. And it's the same thing with me. I've traveled my entire life. And then when I meet somebody who has never gone more than 15 to 20 miles outside of their hometown, you can see a stark contrast between two mind frames. One isn't better than the other, but the one thing I can say about travel is it's a great way to crack open your habituation and the way that you always think to start realizing, whoa, there's other ways to think that I haven't even considered. Like you said, the things that you don't know, you know. So that's kind of what I think is happening this year. You know, I could go on and on and tell you all the details about the election, but the bottom line is, is I feel like the doubt is in operation. There's this swell and people are asking more questions. And I feel like not only is this to some people super scary because it feels like the agenda moving forward, but my job, what I feel called to do, my vocation, is to teach people that no matter what you see outside of you, the power is in here. And when we start to realize that we hold all the cards, then you come to realize that everything outside of you, it has to be so elaborate. It has to be so sophisticated. It has to be such a trick because it's not real. It holds very little power. It's held in the hands of very few people. And yes, those hands have their tentacles out into like the military industrial complex, multi-billion industries like big data. But at the end of the day, those uh, agencies, they rely upon other people they don't fully have control over. And that's what I think people are so annoyed by with the whole idea about um, there are good people in high places in the CIA, in the FBI, in the NSA, in all, you know, all types of governmental and global agencies, there are good people and what we would call sleeper cells. That should give people hope. So if you are authentically you and you're saying, you know what, I'm not going to keep quiet about what I'm seeing anymore. This is what I see. And please debate me if you think that I'm wrong. But for anybody in places, please step forward. If you guys believe anything of what I'm saying, step up now's the time not tomorrow we're well past that the 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 thing that we would call like the great reset the dark winter all these agendas they're in the door they're not on their way to the house they're already inside um and so that's what i would say i feel like this is inspiring because i made my films in 2008 2009 and since that very moment i was like bring it i'm ready whatever this is i know we win i know we win it's not a 
we have to win because they lose. I believe we win because the, you know, the trick is up. The magician, the sorcerer, their, their, their trick has been shown for what it is. And we don't scold them. We don't punish them. We're not about to get violent because there's violence against us. No, we're just like, you know what? The worst punishment to people who've lived in nothing but hatred and evil is to give them love unconditionally. So that to me is my whole agenda. That's my mission and I'm sticking to it. I'm, I'm glad you're sticking to it. It's amazing. It's truly inspiring to, to see. And it gives, I am, I think basically taking me back to say 2011, 2012, I started reading and watching not just your stuff, but before that, all the David Icke stuff, or I, I was watching the Zeitgeist series and, and going that thing. And I, I kind of went down that before I seen, started to sort of become aware of my own kind of spirituality and my down that path. And, and I think there was a lot for me, there was a lot of fear in that of thinking what's going to happen in the world. I think back then it was like, there's going to be world war three and there's all, all these kind of things that were getting projected into the future that might happen. And then I think that's what might happen with this year is that so many people are getting pushed into such a corner to awaken that they'll realize that to actually find the true peace and stuff they can't no longer can we find peace outside you know there's there's too much unsettling too many things are uncertain we have to find it inside and once we find it inside then we can take better action so it seems from you you're in that place of center that you know embodying your you know your power your power center and from that you can do do a lot so i think it's important that people are listening to this and I know a lot of my audience already, you know, are tapped into a lot of these things and are completely open to these subjects. But that's something that's really just important to me is to, once we understand that potentially this entire reality is nothing more than illusion and it's a hologram and we're the one that are like leading. We're kind of the, I think someone uses a good analogy. I don't know if you know, do you follow much of like Bashar's work at Dawalanka? Do you come across any of that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I've watched quite a bit of him and he's, you know, as much of a crackpot as people make him out to be, he's quite coherent. Yeah, I, um, I must admit, I kind of found him about 2012 and then I kind of went into a deep dive on his work for maybe about five or six years. And in a way for me, that was like some of the most empowering information that I could possibly, I had so many aha moments listening to it. And the truth is, is the way I see it about stuff is if I'm watching stuff, like when I watch your stuff and I watch even Bashar's and, and other people's, I go on, how does it make me feel? I think it's important to get the information, but do I also feel empowered by it? Because I think there's some information that just puts you in a fearful place and that's just going to, it's going to floor you. I think sometimes I think we need to think, well, actually, okay, this is what's going on, but it's all right. We've got it. So I'd just like to get your take on that. You know, you're totally right. Now is now is the time. And I, I say this because I not because I'm going to try and put evidence forth and prove it. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier bravery and, you know, I've, I've kind of been rattling that around in my head more lately. And I feel that I can't remember what movie it might have even been a cartoon where this this kid was getting bullied when he was younger and he was always afraid and he was always running away from this confrontation with this older kid, bigger kid. But eventually when they both grew up, the kid he was getting picked on grew up much bigger, much stronger. And, um, and later in life, he was then um, confronted with this guy again. And I continued to use that power over him, even though he was much smaller. He continued to use that power. And the, and the guy just kept like backing down and backing down. And it took a while for this person to realize, wait a minute, that's, that's my pattern. Stuck in a pattern. This isn't reality anymore that I'm reacting to. And I think that's the way that a lot of people are engaging in their lives is they are stuck in this pattern what they're seeing when we first come into conspiracy and conspiracy i mean let's be for real conspiracy is what business is people make business dealings behind closed doors they keep that quiet from other businesses so they can compete in the marketplace uh, you wouldn't call that a conspiracy you just call it business but what is the world that i'm forum doing with the great reset initiative 
you know, you could say, well, that disempowers us. This is the part of the agenda, the global elite's agenda that David Icke's been talking about. Yeah, but to them, it's just business, right? So what is conspiracy? And I feel like everyone who's gotten into conspiracy at first, you get into conspiracy and you, you're thinking, like, here's little old me, and there's this big old world that I just pulled open the blinder. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, that's so vast. It's so big. I don't know how I can compete with that. And then you go on your spiritual journey, which a lot of thank goodness, they, they found conspiracy, but at the same time, duality or some kind of self-empowerment. And they, they went hand in hand with one another, hopefully. And then eventually they get to a point where now you realize the agenda's at all. And this happened to me where I realized my goodness here. It's not like down the road or it's not like, well, I, I feel like the world is normal, but I'm reading this stuff online or I'm, I'm watching these videos online and it seems like the world is screwed up on my computer and it, it looks just normal outside my door. Well, now it doesn't look normal outside my door anymore. And this is a global thing. And so I guess the, the greatest point about this is we need to remember that we grew up a lot. And all that growing up is, is just remembering who and what we really are, remembering and also acknowledging that the power is in us. We are the observer. We are the creator. And so we are that kid that was bullied by all these fears from the conspiracy. And we grew up bigger and eventually have to realize, oh my goodness, no wonder they have to put on this display on the news. No wonder they have to, you know, um, Whatever you believe, even if you are involved in the politics and you think uh, Trump is, you know, our savior and you believe the whole Q and QAnon thing, or if you believe that Trump is, is the problem and Biden is going to save us from all these, whatever you believe, as long as you're empowering yourself and remembering that, I won't even say your vote counts, but your action counts. You vote with your dollar. You vote with your choices. You vote with how you share your wisdom with your community, how you share your love um, with people around you, how you get involved in things that matter rather than don't matter anymore. And I was involved in a lot of things in my past that they, they, they were fun, but they were red and circuses. They weren't really pushing me along my soul path. So I, I would say the grand point is, I think we are in a position now that I am thankful for. And it can be scary to some people. And it could have been scary to me had stopped before I started experiencing anxiety and been like, okay, wait a minute. This is the moment I've been waiting for. This is what I said, bring it to 12 years ago. Now's time. It's not, it's not a game anymore. I'm not a child anymore. This is for real. And I either stand for what I believe in or I shut my mouth and I stand in the corner and I just wait until somebody else does the right thing. That's never been me, but now I have to do it. Now I have to act. Now it stands before me. It's not just a simulation. This is what's happening in the real world. That's my belief. That's why I share what I share. And I hope people can see that for themselves that whether you believe the things that I believe are happening in the world, now is always the best time to you know what you're meant to be doing. We only get a glimpse here in life. We only get a glimpse. We're only here for a little while. And if you've ever lost a loved one, you know how fragile life is. And honestly, take a bigger look at societies. They don't last long. And really, America may not be what America has been for the past couple centuries for the next couple decades. So let's let's wake up if you live in America. If you're living in England, we're a global society. It's, the, it's going to be the same thing across the board. So I say, stop finding external things to blame. Because I get a lot of people who are like, Ben, you're turning your back on the conspiracy community by saying that technology and 5G isn't the devil. And I'm like... I refuse to make a tool bad or good. It's a tool. I think we are the ones who choose to make whatever, whatever we want. So I say that, yeah, 5G, ionizing radiation, the loss of our sovereignty, the surveillance state, sure, that's the potential use of it. And that's really what we're barreling into. But I say we got to wake up, use the technology, use the infrastructure, Find your tribe, find your community, and start acting now. 
because hesitation and doubt is our biggest enemy. Beautifully said. One thing you just said right at the end then that seems so important is you said about finding your tribe. And it feels like that's so important at this time to, and I know obviously, well, I don't know how it is in Nashville and stuff, but um, and I know it seems to be from state to state. It's different in America in terms of like lockdown and what you can do. But here in the UK, we're da- back down on like lockdown 2.0 pretty much. And, you know, supposedly you're not supposed to go and see people and all, you know, all this sort of thing that's planning out. But the idea of a tribe is so important that, you know, and it, that term that says, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. And the more people that we can, we can hunker, you know, not hunker down with, but just have these inspiring conversations with empowering conversations, people like, oh, you've seen this guy who's like, you know, it might be Wim Hof, someone's first hearing about Wim Hof first time and hearing about his techniques and stuff and like, and how, you know, there's no need to be scared of COVID if you can tap into what Wim Hof's talking about or Joe Dispenser or, you know, all these other people. And I think that's why there's a great opportunity now to connect with more people and to switch off them. You know, I think the mainstream media, more people than ever are recognizing, like, it's almost like, how dare they, in a way, like, put us into that state of fear? How dare they, every single day, play on people's anxieties, play on people's fear, make magnify things and make things way out of proportion than what they are. When there is, and this is why I do this podcast, there's so much good happening. There's so many people doing good like you and all the other people I've spoken to and many other millions of us around there. And the more that we can connect with them and we can just lift each other up and go, wow, you know, you can make you think that, you know, this journey is exciting. And if it wasn't for the challenges, like for instance, now you're saying, you know, what you were talking about 10, 12 years ago is now kicking into action. If this wasn't happening in this external world, many of us might just be still sat back saying, oh, it's okay. You know, it'll, it'll, it'll pan out and see how it is. But it's now like, no, this is it. Now's the time we need to level up. We need to step up because like you said, these potential agendas are happening. They are in the door now. And if we're not careful, we could potentially hand over our power. And I think we spoke about it before we started recording. You know, the only way any of these agendas can be put in place is if we hand over our power. You know, they can't, no one's got any power over you. They can only make you believe that they're in control of you, but they're not, you know, we're the ones, if we believe in where we are and, and you know, in our own, I don't know if you want to use the word sovereign sovereignty, um, then there's plenty of optimism and hope and, you know, things to be excited about. But that doesn't mean there's, there's not fear. Like I, I've experienced quite a lot of fear this year still. And whether that's just bringing stuff up from deep down in me that needs to be released as well, even though you might feel like, oh, I've got it together. And it just takes a few big things to happen. Um, but yeah, um, one thing you, you mentioned, and I think, or I've known about you, you talk and, and under how much of an impact this has had on you and your kind of outlook is plant medicine um, and your experiences with it. So I'd love to just kind of, you know, segue down that route and, and get your insight on that. And it sounds like you've took a deep dive in it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know what? I'll, uh, I'll respond to something that you said earlier and then tie it into that because you said um, the word sovereign. I've been grappling with that word for a while and um, I'll have to revisit it again and really mull it over. But um, when we're talking about consent, all governance, all contracts, everything is based upon consent. And so I think a lot of times we don't realize what consent means because I can come up with a contract with any terms I want and in the business model, if you will, or in the constitution, it can reflect any way that I want to bring you into this world. It's like I've created this world. And in this world, if you touch your nose, that means you give me the right to take a thousand dollars from you every time you do it. Um, but I'm going to put that in the fine print and you, you just may not ever see that. And you may not realize why you keep contesting. Why do you keep getting a thousand dollars from me? And it's just like, well, you know, it's it's part of our contract and blah blah blah. And you say, I've never signed that. Well, it is. It's in the fine print. I think we're a part of a spiritual contract, and that's with the these agendas. The reason why they're simulations beforehand 
is because that's part of the fine print. It's part of the, hey, we, like, we've made all this information available to you. And it looks innocuous enough. You go on you know, sustainabledevelopment.org or .com or something like that. And all these things seem fine. The Great Reset Initiative on the World Economic Forum, all these things seem very like, oh, it's just business. This is what we want to do for you. Um, because you guys aren't doing it for yourselves, we're going to do it for you. And we consent without realizing it. So the word sovereign, I've always, you know, felt like a sovereign nation. What is that? It's sovereign. It's, it's independent, right? But then independent means it can do everything it needs. It doesn't need your, you know, it doesn't need the other countries. It can do everything in-house if it wants to. But I like the word interdependence. And interdependence is acknowledging that we're all one. We are all one organism and we do need each other. We actually do. Even if we can make food, we can do all this stuff together. My waste ends up in your backyard and that disempowers you, which makes you potentially come back to something that disempowers me and then it turns to war and we don't realize that I caused it indirectly. I can't see my action coming back to hit me. I always just think it's you. So without getting too wordy, the way I'm going to tie this into plant medicines is back in 2000, man, I think it was like 2006, 2007, I started doing plant medicines. And well, that was when I started doing it in shamanic setting. I, I started way earlier than that. But that's when I started realizing that as it breaks down the boundaries, you know, when we're saying plant medicine, we're talking about psychedelic plants. And these psychedelic plants, they move the filters be between the, you know, the, the human brain and the neocortex and the mammalian brain and all those filters that, that can allow us to be super intellectual while we're repressing childhood trauma. Right? We don't think we're repressing something, but we can't understand when we get mad so you know so easily. And psychedelics seem to bring all that to the surface because we compartmentalize. And when you remove the filters, you realize, oh man, that's always been sitting inside me. All that trauma has always been inside me. Well, when I realize that I am another you and you are another me, and I've done to harm you. But I can go off and pretend like I can forget about it. That's just compartmentalizing it. But when we realize, when we come into these transcendent moments where we realize I, we are all one organism, that whatever I do to you is exactly like doing it to me. And so that idea of sovereignty, the reason why I don't say we need to become sovereign is because I think we need a new word like intersovereign. And I'm sure there's a word for it. You know, but I'm pretty sure that word is in Lakesh, right? In Lakesh means I am another you, you are another me. And when we acknowledge that we are one in the same, then it calls us to transcend beyond those limiting beliefs. Like, well, here's how we operate when I'm sovereign and you're sovereign. And every now and then we, we come into a clash because my, my crap is ending up on your back door and, and vice versa. So we have all these contracts to figure out how do we deal well i put sanctions on you and you put sanctions on me and we're going to import and export and you're not allowed to play with my toys anymore you know it's like little childhood stuff but you got to grow up beyond that childhood stuff and realize that we're in the same house we're destroying the same house and inter-sovereign whatever you want to call it i believe that the plant medicine at least give us a glimpse at that world that we're swimming in that we're swimming in the same quantum soup, that everything I do to you, even if it's just in my mind, it somehow shows in my posture, on my face. And every time we meet, you can tell, right? And there's this thing that's just happening between us. And a lot of us, we play with just being, it's just woo-woo. It's just a breakdown or a distortion of sober reality. That's all psychedelics are doing. It's just pseudoscience. Go back to eating your granola and standing barefoot on the ground. And I think a lot of us get, we, we, we don't want to be called woo-woo and we don't want people snickering at us, you know, behind their science and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we deny our own power. And I think now it's time to start 
whether it's through plant medicines or through meditation or through Wim Hof technique, which is probably just another way of doing psychedelics. And actually I'm doing this thing called the DMT quest. It's a show that I'm doing. That's all about endogenous DMT that we produce in the brain. And we interviewed Wim Hof and it's coming to find actually we have some brand new science coming out um, that when you do the Wim Hof breathing, you go into gamma coherence alpha waves drop gamma goes up there's a whole bunch of different things that pretty much mirror the psychedelic experience that Merman and people at imperial college of london are finding happens when you're on dmt ayahuasca so there's more ways of doing psychedelics than just doing psychedelics you can do breath work but they all lead us to the same spot we are all one you remove the boundaries you do these transcendental exercises and you realize, oh, I have to, you know, it, it starts bringing up ancient trauma, it starts bringing childhood trauma, and it helps us process it by bringing us face to face with our fears. And then after we feel lighter, we feel more connected, the oxytocin is going through our bodies. We want to touch, we want to dance, we want to sing, we want to touch the ground. I love that feeling of breathing, right? It's invigorating. And it, a new us, a new us comes out. And it's no longer, I'm getting older, it's I'm getting newer. And this is the way that I think that a lot of people are starting to break past these old restrictions of, if you start talking about mysticism, your pseudoscience, your magic, you're over there. And if you're on the side of science, then you're boring and you're rigid and formulaic and you're over there. Can you marry the two? What, what comes out of marrying those two? I think that's the world that we're stepping into. I'm super excited about it. And I hope people can get past by using some of these exercises like psychedelics, like breath work, like meditation. Um, I hope we can get past some of these barriers that cause us to divide ourselves, like the left-right politics. They're not dividing us. We are. We're falling for it. And we are doing it ourselves. I am cutting myself off from you because I consider myself liberal and you're conservative or the other way around. I'm anarchist and you're a part, you're obeying the man, right? Stop it with these categories. Stop it with these excuses to say, I am not another you and we are not one. I think we need to grow up past that. And I'm excited about the things that are coming that are forcing us to ask the questions that are going to get us to face the truth that we are all one and the time is now. Amazing. Yeah. It, it, I love that. The um, interdependence because it's so true. And I think going back for me, I, I remember thinking, Oh, I want to live off grid and live in the woods and just have a few, you know, kind of be self-sufficient, but you know, thinking, not realizing like how much support we need from everyone. Well, at the moment, if I, even if I was to grow my own vegetables at home and try and make a green juice in the morning, I still need to switch that juicer on in the morning to power up. Somebody somewhere is is doing that for me. You know, there's so many, there's so many people that have someone's made that machine. You know, someone's made it. There's so many people that there's a company set up to do it. There's there's so much support that we've got. And I think that's the thing for me to realize. Like that gives me a lot of um reassurances. We're constantly supported all the time. Like all the time, if we've just got that mindset of thinking, wow, you know, just for me, like I've experienced some shocks and stuff this year, but just at that moment where you think, I'm, that's it, I'm done, another doorway opens, another opportunity. But I had to, that old version of me and those old parts had to fall away for me to see what was open and to also just realizing like, yeah, of course, you know, I can't do this on my own. You know, I need the support of everyone around me to help me do what you do. You know, for instance, what you do as well, you know, your family, everything, you know, it's we're totally we're all connected. So it has been a particular experience for you, which was completely mind blowing with either the plant medicine, with the, the breath work. Is there anything that's completely, you know, I don't need you to say you know, people should do this technique particularly, but is there a moment in time where you've been like, wow, you know, that, that was a real breakthrough for you. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll say two things to that. Um, let's, let's say three. On psychedelics, on medicines, I feel like the first time I did it in South America, did ayahuasca with a shaman in South America. His name was Don Robert. 
and um, I wasn't aware of how powerful music and sentencing is. So the ceremonial container to a psychic experience is. And it's really like, you know, you take the psychedelic, it, it's going to do what it's going to do, and you just go off and have your experience. I think we're past that now. Um, I think it was mind-blowing to see that the psychedelic experience just amplifies what you do with the time that you're on the psychedelic. So if you're in ceremony and you're around people that are like through and you can hold space for them, you're like, oh, I, I know what they're feeling. They're not even saying it. They're just making noises and you can tell. That's the transcendent experience. That's how we're called to serve, support and serve people. We actually love it. We really love it. Um, and I've never seen some that when they're asked a question and they know the answer, they love sharing, right? If someone's like, oh man, can you pick this up? I can't, I can't pick it up. You can, and you do it. You love helping out right? We love this thing. So I think that was a transcendent experience on psychedelics. Breathwork, it was when I realized you could get to this exact spot with this free thing, right? You just breathe in a different way for 15 minutes and bam, you can have just powerful moments with your breath. The last thing I'll say is the power of the breath and time away from mind-altering substances, the time that it takes to integrate those peak moments, right? Everything's crazy on the psychedelic and then you go back to and you got to go to your job and you got to just have your normal evenings, right? Where you're completely soap, you go to bed. It's so powerful. It, sometimes it's painful for people to go to bed without being high or without being drunk or, you know, doing their cigarette fix or whatever it might be. And to find the incredible power of the mundane is, is amazing. And I'm, you know, I quit a 15 year addiction, not addiction, but you know, maybe it was an addiction to cannabis. I never had a problem with it. It never affected my life. I loved it. It served me, but I, I kicked the cannabis. Uh, I was doing it three to five times a day and um, for 15 years and I just stopped all of a sudden uh, because I did this other plant medicine that it, it just like my soul told me next time you do cannabis add a little bit of tobacco and pray and that's not like me I, I don't pray and i don't ever smoke tobacco but i did and i just got this feeling in my gut and i prayed for 11 hours and the whole thing wasn't like you need to stop doing cannabis it was just like think and it was just obvious like i've been doing this for 15 years like i've been on this radio station for 15 years i've heard this music for 15 years I need to listen to something else. And um, and one last thing that I want to say, just because it's new in my mind, is, you know, the IRS. Um, uh, I like I've got some back taxes that I need to take care of. It sounds like such a boring, mundane thing. Like, oh man, I hate the IRS, right? I got to send money. You know, like you want to kind of say you, right? But at the end of the day. Um, I don't know if I will, I might just put the energy in, but I was thinking when I eventually send that money in, if I send it in, in a physical envelope, I might include just a tiny little handwritten message that just says, thank you. You know, cause whoever opens it, they're going to see, Oh, thank you. It's not an F it's a thank you. Why? Just because I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to be gra grateful. I'm allowed to have gratitude for whatever. I know that more money is going to come in, more money is going to go. The more money I make, the more I'm going to find ways to do something with it and send it out. So instead of being like the, you know, how much money do I need to, you know, like go and run off and do my own thing and I never have to worry about it. Anymore. Do I really want to never worry about stuff anymore? Like, I don't know. I've never experienced that. So in a way, it's kind of these mundane things. You bring the gratitude in there. That's all that psychedelics really teach you is oh man, after that intense experience, I'm grateful just to be laying here and breathing and doing the music. I'm grateful for the mundane. Um, I think I think world events are going to push us all into this global e-death where we realize we've been so affluent. Not all of us, not everyone in the world, but the ones who are affluent. We've kind of gotten to this point where we forgot how to be grateful for the things we have in front of us. We're complaining about 5g and it's like don't you know about non-ionizing radiation and they're surveilling us and blah, blah 
Yeah, but you have a phone that can do more than supercomputers back in the 40s and 50s and 60s. It actually, all back in the 90s, your phone can do more than that. You can talk to people across the world. We forget about our gratitude for what it brings us, and we find all the things that we don't like about it. I would just like to say it is up to us whether we're grateful for what we have, and I guarantee you that gratitude is a lot powerful than any of the agendas that are coming at us if we harness it intelligently and if we find our tribe if we find our tribe no matter if you're investing in gold or cryptocurrency or you know in your portfolio if you find your tribe you'll have all the love and support you need and you will survive beautiful i could just i could just switch it off now and go there you go that was uh, that was amazing that that whole little monologue. Then, um, on I'm so with you on gratitude because you know every single wake up in the morning, you know, I think it's something like we have something like seventy thousand thoughts a day, and something like ninety five percent of them, or even more, are just programmed from our past, and most of it, you know, generally is like negative mindset, negative thoughts. So there's always going to be a thing of thinking, I've not got this, I've not got that. But even if, and especially in this time this year, if people have experienced a lot of loss or whatever, you can really be grateful for things you have. Like even for me, one of my favorite things each day is getting in the shower. Like how amazing it is that I can press a button and hot water comes out on me and I feel refreshed after it. You know, I'm really grateful for that. And even I've got, you know, got a washing machine. Isn't it great that I don't have to wash my clothes on my own. I can just switch it on a machine, does it? perfect you know there's all these little things and as you say now with technology like the fact that i'm grateful that i'm sat here talking with you and you are thousands of miles away yet we can have a conversation which would have been unheard of 20 years ago you know and it's it's just like that's just something to be really grateful for so just Mm. you touched on breath work and i'd love to just know a little bit more about that 15 minute um, technique that you do so if someone was listening to this and going where can i go to find that what what would they um, where could they go or or what it, can you explain a little bit here now you know yeah thank you for that question i think the uh, practicalities of these um exercises are sometimes missed when philosophy is being taught. um it's super easy and i'm actually on benjosephstewart.com i'm going to eventually have these courses classes of different things we can do um, like breath work. Um, and so very simply, um, the breath is very incredible. And there's the inhale, there's the exhale, and there's the top of the breath and the bottom of the breath. So these are really like four aspects to breathing. And these are like four knobs, right? You can increase certain things about it, like the forcefulness of the inhale and the uh, forcefulness of the exhale is holotropic breathing, like that's forced in, forced out, forced in, forced out. And also the speed, because you can go. <sighs> so that's modulating like, uh, okay, that was slower. And that was more time on the, at the top of the breath and the bottom of the breath. Um, then there's like right there, I already have like a slight little buzz in my head. And that was just a couple of seconds. Um, so the Wim Hof breathing is very interesting because it's this, So it's like fully in, go. Big yes, letting go to the past. Like a, uh, and that's like a, a quick in, soft, and what, however long it takes, it'll just take as long as it takes. And then there's circular breathing, like, and that's like no stop at the top. You just like, it's like that. And there's mathematical breathing like Stieg Severinsen, uh, which is like you count. So it's like um, this, uh, what is it? Two seconds in, two seconds at the top, four seconds out, two seconds at the bottom. Um, Or it could be, I think some of them are like four seconds in, um, uh, eight seconds out, and at the top, two seconds. So it's like... (sighs) 
So you see the math sequence to it. And that's just modulating four aspects of breath. And, um, and then even with that, you can do like more forceful, but it's hard when you're doing math behind it. Um, so this is what separates different breath practices. Like you might be thinking like, what's, what's the difference between still point breathing and holotropic breathing and Wim Hof breathing and Stieg Severin's, uh, Severin's breathing, uh, rebirthing, all these other kinds of things. Um, and it's really modulating those four knobs. And um, if you do that, if you do any one of those exercises, I would say start with the Wim Hof and lay down. Um, so you, if you get lightheaded and you're standing up, you need to sit down. But I would say just do it sitting down or on the ground in a comfortable position and for as long as you can. And once you start getting to the point where you're probably going to feel this is not natural, this is not, this doesn't feel right. I just want to stop. I'm just going to stop it go a little farther, push that boundary, and you will start feeling something. And then you might start feeling this thing called tetany, which is where your, your muscles start contracting and you, you start going to crab claws. And that'll just happen and your lips will start pursing and getting tight. Um, just keep doing it, keep breathing passive. And then, and then emotions will start and you keep going. If you can keep pushing your comfort zone, you'll release a lot. And then you just, calm down you just lay there and let it all just come back to center could take 10 minutes could take 15 minutes and that's a breathwork practice that'll go just as deep as some of the most powerful psychedelics wow thank you for that um i know we've only got a few minutes left but what i'd like to know a bit more about um you personally each day do you have a particular routine that you stick to now i know you've got three kids and i've just become a father at the time so sometimes your routine can go out the window it depends what the little one or little ones in your case require of you but do you have a particular routine i know i've noticed on your instagram you seem to keep in good shape and i, I just i, I stumbled across before i think you with that rope medicine ball and yeah. That looked amazing, you know, the huge release that you were getting. Like I normally do five rhythms classes, but that that's all been kind of shut down this year. And that was a great way for me just to like dis discharge and release and shake off all sorts of energy. But seeing you just swinging that ball around and like whack it in the floor it just feels like it's almost something like medieval, like a, almost like caveman like. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, uh, if, you've, if you know about uh, there's these things called mudras with, with the hands and there's also the postures. And I think that when you sit in these postures and you, you know, put your fingers in these places, you're connecting with energy centers, but it's also ancient. Like people have been doing this for thousands of years. So you're connecting to something that they've done in the past. When you sing a song that's old, that millions of people have sung, connecting with something vibratory and on the quantum level it, it matters so when you do caveman exercises a lot of the times you'll feel this kind of like oh i feel like a kid again i get old people doing it sometimes. not old but older people who just like i don't know how to have fun anymore like sure you do just do something like a kid and do it over and over again and then you'll realize man i forgot how fun the most simple little things could be um as far as a routine yeah, I have three kids, two of them red diapers. And um, it's it's hard sometimes because I lose a lot of sleep. I, I'm with my boys in diapers that, you know, in their room when they wake up, because they're twins, when they wake up in the middle of the night, they wake up the other one. I'm up in the middle of the night, super groggy, trying to get them to sleep. Um, but we have our routine. And knowing that, like, this too shall pass, um, I wake up in the morning a lot earlier than I would like. Um, but I'm grateful for it because it causes for me to find that that level where I can I can stay centered. I wake up, I get the boys downstairs, I do the dishes, um, I make them breakfast, and uh, and I make myself some tea or some coffee, and then I go stand barefoot on the ground. I drink my tea and coffee. I just breathe in the air. I just let sun hit me, and I just I don't think of a thing, not work, not anything. And then, um, and then I, I get back to my boys, I do low crawls, I play around with them. And then by the time my wife wakes up with my daughter, then that frees me up. I go, I, I instantly start researching. I'll go out here where I have that medicine ball. 
I'll put on a podcast. I got the speakers in my gym out here. It's my big uh, office and movement lab. Um, I'll listen to a podcast. So be stacking my activities. I'm, I'm researching, I'm getting my news. I'm stimulating my mind while I'm also activating my body. It's bringing the mind and body together into an activity. And then by the time I'm done, I'll sit down, I'll meditate for five minutes, allows everything to come back to center. Then I get into my work. And then eventually when I'm just, uh, I need to stop, I go for a run, I come back. Um, but I would say as far as routines, you know, I try to pick dandelion greens directly out of the ground and eat them, eating directly from Mother Earth. There's not a moment. It's still got its living energy in it. Um, dandelion greens are incredible. They're very hardy um green it's got a lot of magnesium and other things but they all they can break the concrete you try and spray them and get rid of them and they always come back they're resilient um and i try and challenge myself every day i do something creative like music i'll try and play new instruments i'll sing um i'll confront fears or people that like i never had the balls to do in the past um i'll just do something new. I try to do something new all the time. And then, um, and I try and change up my diet uh, often, very often. And all these things allow me to just, I find the, the rhythm in the chaos. And when you find rhythm in chaos, you realize that it's always chaos. And we just identify with rhythms like patterns on the wall, like in the wallpaper, I see a face right there. That face wasn't intended, intended to be there. We do that. So finding our rhythm amidst chaos and you're a new father, congratulations. You're gonna have to do that. Um, get used to your relationship with, you You have a wife, right? Yeah. It's, it's your, you and your wife, yeah. Get used to your relationship changing. Certain things that used to be around are no longer going to be there. Um, mourn them. Allow yourself to feel the mourning and the passing of the old you. Don't just be like, oh, I'm done with it. Allow it to feel the way that it feels. Um, support her. Give her love because her body's going through changes. Talk to her about how you're feeling. If you're feeling neglected because fathers all are feeling neglected. And um yeah man like change is life growth is life it's not supposed to say the same we're supposed to mourn the loss of the of the past so we could say hello to the future um that's uh that's my daily routine that seems like um an amazing way to sort of wrap up today i know you've got a um shoot in a sec so um it's been truly inspiring just like you know I've, like i said i've followed your work for a, a long time and and seeing what you're doing. So I'm just really grateful for me to be able to sit down and have this convocation with you and to be able to share this with my listeners. And I'll include links to all the stuff on your site and the films that we spoke about and your, you know, your new news um, uh, that you're doing each week on YouTube and stuff. But it's been, yeah, it's been an, an honor, Ben. And they'll, um, hopefully we'll, our paths will cross again at some point. Yeah, I, I hope so. I uh, really appreciate you having a platform for people like me to come and talk. Um, I want to honor you for being a father. Um, I want to honor you for um, really doing what you feel authentically driven to do. And uh, for any of the audience members that want to reach out to me, uh, I'm sure you'll, you can put some in the show notes, but benjostewart.com, constantly coming out with new stuff. Every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern time, I have my Waking Infinity News. And... Um, I love you all. I really do. Um, I love what I do. I love being a part of this planet at this point in time in history. So um, yeah, let's, uh, your tribe, I can tell. So let's keep in touch and let's keep doing what we're doing. There's my conversation with Ben Stewart all wrapped up. Um, I would really um, encourage anyone who enjoyed that conversation to go and check out some of the films that Ben has been creating. He is um, a really like, grateful that there's people like this on the planet right now who are um, speaking the truth, being brave, um, standing up for what they believe in and being a part of the shift, you know, whatever, whatever people's thoughts and feelings are that and whatever, you know, we are going through some big changes and we need people around us that can support us as we go through these transformations and these challenge through these challenging times and the likes of Ben and other people and hopefully other people that I have on this podcast 
can help support that and to realize that everything's going to be okay, you know, but we do need to do the work ourselves and to, um, and to step up. So I'll include links to everything we spoke about um, to his videos. And if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. If you're listening to it on Apple, give me a review and um, that would be much appreciated. And if you want to support this podcast further for the less than the price of a cup of coffee each month, you can become a member on Patreon. And um, that helps me to continue to do this, hopefully for many years to come. So anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this one. Until next time, have a good one.